，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。DIY skills come in handy in every profession. A Taichung delivery rider is turning heads with his souped-up scooter. The retired police academy instructor made a raft of changes to his delivery bike, making it more ergonomic and practical. His colleagues and members of the public agree it's an impressive job. Flip the kickstand to open the floorboards up. Then you can open the seat as well. This delivery scooter has infinite tricks up its sleeve. Electric scooters cost less to fuel and are a common choice for delivery riders, but this one is special. The wooden backrest has a cushion installed to make riding the scooter feel like sitting on a sofa. All these modifications are the brainwaves of the scooter's owner. I had nothing to do since I retired, so I just make a bit of extra income. Mainly, it's just to while away the time. Deliveries are the second wind of this retired police academy instructor. He started it for fun over three years ago and takes 30 deliveries a day or more. He's made six major adjustments to make his scooter cozier, from the backrest to the kickstand, the pedals to the bottle rack, as well as the storage compartments. Everything is his own work. The fancy bike gets a lot of attention on the road. I think it's impressive. Everything he has is quite practical. He cut all the wood himself and measured it and nailed it down. These simple DIY modifications make a long shift on the bike vastly more comfortable. But are they all in line with highway code? For that, we'll have to defer to the experts. The beloved Taiwan Railways bento boxes have a new recruit. The popular mahi mahi fish now has a spot in the bento line for the first time, but the box is only available at Hualien Station in a limited edition featuring local ingredients. Meanwhile, other new bento boxes are springing up across Taiwan just in time for the fall season. One airline is offering a boxed meal inspired by Master Chef winner Lia Chu. A fish steak grilled to a golden yellow with miso sauce and bonito flakes, as well as enokitake mushrooms, a specialty of Hualien, and a side of asparagus. This is the first mahi mahi bento box produced by TRA. Just 50 limited edition boxes will be made each day until the end of September and sold at Hualien Station. I think this type of fish is probably quite good for you. Mahi mahi has a very firm texture, like I just said. I love that kind of fish. It's got a bite to it. On the first day the mahi mahi was available, customers were keen to try the novelty. One customer bought five at once. Alongside the fish, there's also tamagoyaki or Japanese omelette and diced chicken. It's a highly nutritious lunch, allowing visitors to Hualien to support sustainable fishing and sample the local catch. 
The ingredients have a high nutritional value. This is quite distinctive among our different types of bento boxes. If the sales show that this box is appreciated by the public, then we will turn it into a regular specialty lunchbox. Another seasonal bento sold by TRA is this giant grouper steak box. It's also proved to be a hit. But TRA is not the only purveyor of bento boxes to watch out for. Tiger at Taiwan has this US MasterChef Junior Bento, featuring the winner of the hit reality show, Taiwanese American teenager Li Ya Chu. Two of her hit recipes have been reimagined honey drumsticks with rice flour noodles, and sweet and sour prawns with walnuts and pineapples. These brand new options will be available on flights from October 30th onward. As fall approaches, Taiwan's bento boxes are getting more and more irresistible. Taiwanese businesses with operations in China say COVID lockdowns have dealt a blow to their production lines. The latest impact comes from lockdowns in the city of Shenzhen in Guangdong, which is a manufacturing hub for technology. Several neighborhoods in the city entered a strict lockdown on Monday meaning residents aren't allowed out of their homes and production at factories has to stop. In a survey conducted by a Taiwanese business group, 55% of businesses said the lockdowns in China will have a big impact on operations. Another 34% say it will have some impact. The biggest concerns arise from difficulties for staff and cargo transport, delivery delays and halts to production. Some businesses say they may expand operations in other countries such as Vietnam and India to avoid losses in China. On Wednesday, the DPP's Chen Shizhong and independent candidate Huang Shanshan registered to take part in the Taipei mayoral race. Chen showed up at the registration office escorted by the DPP's candidates for city councillors and other party officials. For her part, Huang was accompanied by members and candidates of the Taiwan People's Party, which is endorsing her. Another person who threw his hat into the ring is former Tainan County Commissioner Su Huanzhi, who is running on the Taiwan Renewal Party's ticket. Accompanied by former Vice President Chen Jianren, DPP Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shizhong on Wednesday formally registered for the race at the Taipei City Election Commission. The former VP, who is serving as a leader of Chen Shizhong's campaign team, as well as all 26 DPP Taipei City Councilor candidates, all wore vests bearing Chen Shizhong's name in a show of support. Other than the DPP members, 10 parents brought their children to the scene to show support for the former health minister. I will take on the responsibility of being a worthy candidate and come up with more concrete ideas for the campaign in order to gain the recognition and support of Taipei residents. I've emphasized time and again that the ideas we've come up with, our proposals, may not necessarily be perfect, but they'll be out there for everyone to debate on. That's a responsible way of doing things. We'll also reflect on the campaign as we go forward, so I'll have a mature set of policies to start with upon taking office. I also want to thank the parents here today with their kids. The 10 of you here today, we have kids from many age groups all here today. That goes to show how big our responsibilities are going forward. 
About an hour later, the Taiwan People's Party-supported mayoral candidate Huang Shanshan also arrived at the Taipei City Election Commission for registration. Huang was accompanied by Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe and the TPP City Councilor candidates. Speaking to the cameras, Huang said she hopes there can be policy discussions on a weekly basis. And now the race officially begins. After the race begins, we hope all candidates can discuss ideas and policies. We also hope that we'll all stop fighting with words or further stoke tensions between Pan Blue and Pan Green parties or rally for our own candidates at the expense of other parties' candidates. Whether it's social housing or public safety or traffic congestion issues, let us gather weekly for an open debate. Regarding the two main parties, some were left disappointed, some have gave up all hope, but we should at least give the people of Taiwan a sliver of hope. With this campaign, we wish to give Taiwan a new hope. So if you cast a vote to the Taiwan People's Party, you're not actually voting for the Taiwan People's Party, but for hope in yourself. Another candidate also threw in his hat in the ring for the Taipei mayoral race, Taiwan Renewal Party convener Su Huanzhi. The race for the capital is on. Typhoon Hinamnor is headed for Taiwan but will not make landfall. The Central Weather Bureau says it'll skirt Taiwan's east coast as it turns northward over the weekend. The storm will get very close to Yilan and Hualien, and forecasters say Taiwan may issue land and sea warnings if it gets too close. They say it is very likely that a sea warning will be issued on Friday. Let's hear from a forecaster. <laughs> It is very likely to enter the waters north and northeast of Taiwan, so there is a high likelihood that we will issue a sea alert. If its path is a little farther west, and if the storm's diameter gets bigger, we may even issue a land warning. Forecasters say the northern half of Taiwan will see heavy rains as the typhoon approaches. The north coast, greater Taipei and mountainous areas in northern Taiwan will see localized, extremely heavy rain. The transport ministry and the post office are developing new postal drones. They aim to deliver parcels fast, even to isolated locations. They've got a new model which they're testing in the mountains of Jianshi Township in Xinzhou. It can travel faster to many locations than a letter carrier on the ground. It can also play a special role after natural disasters occur. A drone gently lifts a parcel from the ground into the air. It follows a fixed course as it carries the letters and medical supplies in the parcel to Xingguang Village in the mountains of Jianshi Township. The delivery used to take 100 minutes or more. Now it's arrived in just 45 minutes. In our deliveries, the distance is fine, but the journey is rather arduous. This is something we have to deal with in the mountains currently. This is good government action. If you have this in every township office, you could speedily deploy them to help in disaster rescue operations, or simply for making deliveries more convenient. Delivery drones are not just for letters. When natural disasters block the road, they can be used to assist emergency rescue teams, bringing essential equipment swiftly 
directly to affected areas. Minister of Transportation and Communication Wang Guocai says that the delivery drone technologies, as well as the design of their flight routes, is not simple. Using test runs, engineers can create models to bring essential deliveries to more areas across the country. This is a very important milestone for Taiwan. It's the first drone weighing over 25 kilograms. The Transport Ministry, the Civil Aeronautics Administration have all made the regulatory preparations. We invite everyone to come together with industry and develop things like these that can develop transport and industry. We hope that we can create a virtuous circle and form a national team. Zhonghua Post is working on a drone strategy with the Transport Ministry. The test runs in Jianshu Township will help optimize the technologies to roll them out further afield. It's the second day of the new school year, but already some schools have had to call off physical classes due to COVID. In Zhanghua County alone, 49 classes have been called off so far. Parents say the strict COVID rules are a hassle, while schools say teachers are prepared for online and hybrid teaching over the next few weeks. The long summer break is over and school is back. So where are the students? This teacher has had to start off the new term online due to rising COVID numbers and strict class closure rules. The student tested positive in a rapid test, so the whole class has to go online for three days. Our teachers have made all the necessary preparations for hybrid classes or for online classes. They are ready for it all. The school principal says she's sad to see some classes completely empty, while others get back together for the new school year. That's the way it is with the current COVID regulations, which force classes to go online. Currently, classes at elementary and middle schools have to go online for three days if just one student tests positive for COVID. Starting September 12th, the rules will be eased so that classes will continue even if a positive is found. All students will have to get a rapid test. Parents say they can't wait for the updated rules. Parents are back at the school entrance gate to pick up their children just moments after dropping them off. Some say they were getting ready to go to work when they received a notice that classes were cancelled and that their kids had to go back home. Nanguo Elementary School in Zhanghua says eight classes have been cancelled so far. Countywide, 25 classes were called off on the first day of the school year, on Tuesday. Now on the second day, the number of classes that have gone online has hit 49. Parents island-wide have voiced discontent with the rules. There's nothing we can do. The government doesn't have any complementary regulations. The pandemic is not a one- or two-day affair. What are they doing? Parents say they feel helpless amid the strict regulations. It's looking like the first two weeks of class will be a testing time for many. Taiwan reported 34,389 local COVID infections on Wednesday, a marked increase from previous days. The CECC says Taiwan is entering a new COVID wave driven by the BA5 subvariant. Health officials urge the public to get vaccinated as soon as possible. They say a meeting will be held soon to approve Moderna's next-gen COVID vaccine for use in Taiwan. Let's hear from the CECC. The documents regarding Moderna's next-gen vaccines have all been received, according to the FDA. They will be reviewed the day after tomorrow, on September 2nd, at an EUA review committee. 
If the vaccine is approved, we will convoke a meeting with the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices as fast as possible on September 5th to discuss administration. The step after that would be to place orders with a manufacturer to have a timeline on deliveries. Currently, we expect the vaccine to be delivered in late September. If we can make that a bit earlier, we will. But we still have to carry out inspections and sealing. Starting September 1st, several restrictions will be eased for overseas arrivals. Travelers arriving in Taiwan will be allowed to drive to their quarantine destination in their own vehicles. In addition, arrivals on the 3 plus 4 quarantine model will no longer be required to stay alone in their residences during their self-health management period. In the face of rising cross-strait tensions, the Ministry of National Defense has announced a 415.1 billion NT budget for 2023. That's more than 15 percent of the government's total annual budget. Combined with other special funds, the military's total budget may come to 586.3 billion NT or 2.4 percent of the GDP. Meanwhile, reporters say the Biden administration is set to ask the U.S. Congress to approve a 1.1 billion U.S. dollars arms sale to Taiwan, which will include 60 Harpoon anti-ship missiles and a 100 Sidewinder air-to-air missiles. During an airdrop drill, a Humvee is dropped from a C-130 Hercules transport aircraft. As the military continues to fortify its defense capabilities, reports say the Biden administration is set to ask Congress to approve an arms sales to Taiwan. The deal would include 60 Harpoon anti-ship missiles for 355 million U.S. dollars and 100 Sidewinder air-to-air missiles, which can be mounted on F-16V fighter jets for 856 million U.S. dollars, bringing the total to more than 1.1 billion U.S. dollars. The Harpoon missiles can be launched from the air or submarines, which can ward off the enemy's fleet and warships in asymmetric warfare. The sidewinder missiles can launch off-axis strikes. They can be paired with F-16V jets and integrated head protection systems, and they are not limited to a straight line for launch. They can even be launched sideways in a 90-degree angle or even 180 degrees from center axis at an enemy plane trailing behind. The military expert says the arms in the deal are promising, but apart from the two types of missiles mentioned, the military also hopes to be able to purchase the high-mobility artillery rocket system or the HIMARS, which played a key role in Ukraine against Russia. In this year's National Defense Budget Plan, the Army allocated more than 15.4 billion NT for 11 HIMARS. For the coming year, since the Army is no longer buying the M109A6 Paladin self-propelled howitzers, the budget for that will go toward 18 HIMARS. In addition, there will be a budget for 84 missiles for the Army Tactical Missile System, or ATACMS, as well as 864 precision rockets, bringing the total budget to more than 32.5 billion NT. 
Meanwhile, the military is also boosting its drone forces. The Air Force has signed a 16.8 billion anti-procurement agreement with the US for four MQ-9 Reaper unmanned aerial vehicles. That pushes the defense budget for next year to 415.1 billion NT, accounting for 15.3% of the government's total annual budget. Adding in special funds for non-profit purposes at 62.9 billion NT, a special budget of 45.1 billion NT for new fighter jets, and an additional 63.2 billion NT special budget for upgrading the Navy and Air Force, the total amount may add up to 586.3 billion NT, or 2.4% of the GDP. All these funds will go to enhancing Taiwan's combat capabilities. The Ministry of National Defense has confirmed that four more drones approached areas of Jingmen on Tuesday. Three of them were spotted at three islands of the archipelago at about 4 p.m. and left the scene after the military fired warning flares. The fourth one showed up at around 6 p.m. and only left after the military fired a live-fire defensive shot. Meanwhile, Japan's defense ministry says it tracked another Chinese drone to the east of Taiwan near Hualien. The medium-sized drone flew past Taiwan via the Miyako Strait before heading south into Taiwan's airspace off the east coast. In recent days, several Chinese drones have approached areas of Taiwan's Jingmen County. In previous days, the military has responded to the intrusions by sending warnings to drive the drones away, a measure that critics say is too lax. During a visit to a military base in Penghu on Tuesday, President Tsai Ing-wen ordered stronger responses. We should still exercise restraint, but that doesn't mean that we won't respond. I have ordered the Ministry of National Defense to adopt necessary and strong response measures. Shortly after President Tsai spoke on the topic, more Chinese drones approached Jingmen. According to the Ministry of National Defense, at 4 p.m. on Tuesday, the Jingmen Defense Command detected three Chinese civilian drones at Dadan Island, Erdan Island, and Shi Islet. The military fired signal flares as a warning, after which the drones flew back towards Xiamen in China. Later, at 5.59 p.m., another drone was detected above a restricted marine area near Erdan Island. By this time, warning flares did not drive away the aircraft, which stayed put. The military followed up by firing a live-fire defensive shot, after which the drone left the area. Our people support a tougher stance by the military, issuing warnings, forcing landings and intercepting flights, and even shooting down drones are all ways to deal with the issue. This is something that happens internationally. They are all legitimate actions to protect ourselves. China's gray zone tactics are quite like guerrilla warfare. The point of this is to put out a winner's narrative. If we have no other options, we can just put up posters of Winnie the Pooh over there and we can have soldiers do stabbing drills with them. Experts say that in face of gray zone tactics, high-ranking military officials should abandon rigid approaches in favor of non-traditional response measures. Chinese drones have not just been spotted in Taiwan's outlying islands close to China. According to Japan's Military of Defense, on Tuesday afternoon, a Chinese TB-001 reconnaissance and strike drone crossed the Miyako Strait from the East China Sea. It headed westward to spot off the coast of Hualien, after which it returned to China via the same path. 
It must have taken off from a vessel on the East China Sea. For medium-sized and bigger drones, we have asked the military to have different standards of procedure for different kinds of intrusions. Military experts say China is trying to establish a new normal in the Taiwan Strait, adding that Taiwan's military must come up with creative countermeasures.